Life is hectic, so wherever tomorrow takes you, be ready with Factor's chef-crafted and dietitian approved meals delivered right to your door. With over 35 options a week, including keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and more, they've got a variety that fits your lifestyle. Factor has restaurant-quality meals ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. They also have various easy options for the entire day, from breakfast to midday bites, smoothies, and more. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is a nutritious and delicious experience, and it won't break the bank. You can customize your meals by choosing 6 to 18 per week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule deliveries anytime to fit your schedule. Factor meals are 100% hassle-free, giving you more time for what matters. Head to factormeals.com slash otherside50 and use the code otherside50 to get 50% off. That's code otherside50 at factormeals.com for 50% off your delicious, hassle-free meals. My name's Dr. Colin Perry. I write under the name C. Thomas Perry, and uh, I'm here to tell you about a very amazing experience that I went through in 2008. I was 49 years old at the time, and I was in reasonably good health. But uh, I started to experience chest pain, and this was of concern to me, obviously. So I went to visit my doctor and and said, please, I have this chest pain. I'm worried by it. Can you uh, check it out for me? Let me know what's going on with this. So the doctor took an ECG test on my heart and just said to me, I suggest you go home and relax and take it easy. And don't do too much strenuous activity. Just stay relaxed, stay at peace, and don't push yourself. So I obeyed her words and I stayed home and I was a good man and didn't do too much hard work. And over about a period of a week or so, things started to improve and I started to feel much better. And I started to think to myself, I I can't go on like this forever. I was still waiting for results to come back and I hadn't come back. But uh, one day I made the mistake of opening the back door and looking out in my back garden and it was an overgrown mess, a bit of a jungle. So I decided, look, I'm feeling all right. I think I will step outside and try to do something about this. So I I fetched the line trimmer from the garage, petrol driven machine, and started pulling on the cord to try and start this, this machine, which was unusually stubborn and did not want to fire up on that day. Now, um, it's important to understand I was completely alone at this time. There was nobody else in the house. It was just me, the lion trimmer, and the garden. So I was pulling repeatedly on this cord and getting frustrated, annoyed with the machine that wasn't cooperating. And then as I I continued to pull, suddenly, out of nowhere, a massive cramping pain hit me right across the chest. It was very full on, it was very intense. And I immediately knew, oh, this feels like a heart attack. At that point, I heard a voice and I heard a voice speak to me very loudly, which doesn't happen to me every day, believe me. This voice just very loudly said, you are going to die, but I have things for you to do, which set me back somewhat. I was really struggling with the pain, but also mentally trying to process what was happening realizing this has to be God talking to me, that there is just no way that I would say that to myself or anything vaguely approaching that. And I started to process the fact that he'd said, you're going to die. 
but I have things for you too. And that was just such a contradiction. So I was looking up to the sky and saying, what do you mean? What's happening here? And then he spoke again and said, go inside, pack a bag, call an ambulance. But simple as that. So I, I did exactly what he said. I was still able to basically walk around and function at a, at a fairly minimal level despite this chest pain I was experiencing. So I went into my house and I, I packed a little bag and called the ambulance and they arrived fairly quickly. I'd say they were there inside 10 minutes, which was a relief. And they came in the door with uh, one of them was a complete rookie. It was his first day on the job and uh, the other one was a more experienced ambulance officer, paramedic. And uh, the rookie basically took a shot because he was in training. And basically, they said to me, you know, we're not sure if you had a heart attack or not. It's hard for us to tell, but we're going to treat you accordingly as if you have. And so they said, we treat you with uh, nitroglycerol and morphine. And they proceeded to do that. So a nitroglycerol tablet and uh, an injection of morphine to lower my blood pressure and basically make it safer for my heart. Then once they'd gone through those procedures, they then put me on the gurney and loaded me into the ambulance. And away we went, heading for the hospital. And on the way, uh, the young guy said to me again, we're going to give you some more morphine and nitroglycerol just as a, a second dose, just to make sure your heart's not under any pressure, which they did. But uh, shortly after he injected me with a second dose of morphine, I started to get dizzy and I recognized this feeling I've passed out before, fainted before. And I said, I am going to pass out. I can feel this coming, so be ready. And sure enough, within a few seconds, everything went completely black. As I said, I have passed out before. I've been unconscious before in my life, but this was different. This was another sensation altogether. I was very alert. I was very awake and I was floating in what felt like darkness, but also felt like water. I was completely weightless. I was just suspended in nothingness, really, was how it felt. And it was quite a pleasant experience. I imagine I've done flotation tanks, but I imagine this is what a flotation tank would feel like in complete darkness, just no sensation, no weight, no heaviness. The pain in my chest was gone. I was just basically floating along feeling quite content, thinking this is, this is very dreamy. This is almost pleasant. And as time passed, I began to think to myself, I think I'm going to be dead. This was so unlike anything else I'd ever experienced. And with that thought came some fear. I, I thought, I actually feel that I have died. I don't, I'm not in my body I'm completely detached from anything physical. I think I have actually left my body here. and I'm, I'm not alive anymore. And as as that occurred to me, fear started to arise in me because I wasn't too keen on dying, really. Uh, I felt like I had a lot more to do in my life. So I was drifting along, and after a little while, this fear started to grow, and I started to drift downward. I felt myself going downward and being drawn down. And, and the more I became afraid, the more I was drawn down. As if, as if my fear was actually pulling me down, and I turned my attention downward to see what was down there and it was a very fearful experience because I sensed this bottomless pit, this absolutely dark void of nothingness that had no bottom to it, that it just was infinite darkness. And I was extremely concerned by this. I, I did not want to head in that direction because that, that was the last place I wanted to be in the universe. So I 
been a Christian all my life and I just cried out. It's everything I had within me. I said, Jesus, come and help me. A few times I called out very loudly, Jesus, come and help. And then I continued to float and I continued to drift downward. After a period of time continuing to drift down, suddenly out of nowhere, a very strong hand just grasped me by the forearm and said to me, you don't want to go that way. And started to pull me upward. And I looked and I could see this, this being, human type being, just holding my arm. We started to travel upward at a very fast pace. I don't know if you've ever seen Star Trek going into warp speed, but that's what it felt like. Things were blurring past me so quickly. I had no idea where I was and what was going on, just that I was ascending, but I was going upward at a very rapid rate. This just continued for a while. It felt like perhaps two minutes or so, I felt like I was being drawn upwards very fast and I could see gradually the darkness was becoming less intense and it was starting to become lighter. And as we rose up further, it continued to get lighter until eventually we came to a halt. Now, I, I was not quite oriented. I was very disoriented at this point. I don't know where I was or what was happening. And it took a little while for me to, to settle in and to see around me what was going on. And as, as I started to become aware of my surroundings, I realized there was a group of perhaps six or seven angels. That's all I can describe them as. So standing around me and they were just looking at me, observing me, and the one who had come to, to collect me and rescue me was also there, standing beside me. And as I, as I gradually started to adjust to where I was, I became aware of these beings, these angelic beings, that who and what they were. Uh, it's a very difficult thing to put into words because when I was there with them and for the entire time I was there, there were no spoken words. Everything that took place was, was a direct communication from mind to mind or heart to heart. And I could feel and sense their thoughts. I could feel and sense their being and who they were. And I was just in awe of the capacity and the wisdom and the agelessness of these beings. I consider myself to be a fairly intelligent sort of person. I have a SD in my field, but next to these angelic beings, I felt like an infant. I felt so small and insignificant. They just emanated this amazing sense of timeless wisdom is the only way I can express it. And their knowledge and their power just seemed immense. So I was just lying there with them, just, just feeling the nature of who they were. I, I then adjusted and um, the one who'd come to get me just said to me, uh, you, you've died and we've come out to meet you and you now have to make a choice. Either you can come on and be with us and stay in paradise forever, or you can return to your life on earth and continue there. The choice is yours, but you need to make the choice. So I was left thinking to myself, wow, what do I want to do? I, I will explain and talk a little more about the feelings and the sensations that I was going through at this point in time. This being who came to get me was just emanating this amazing feeling of love. It was so strong. I could not contain it. I felt as if my chest was going to burst with the power of this love, this massively loving sensation that had started to grow inside me like a beautiful, warm sensation, but 
so, so powerful that it was beyond what I felt I could contain. And I was just awash in love. So I was just loving it. It was beautiful. I can only compare it vaguely to when I was a very small child, just being hugged and loved on by mother and just feeling that beautiful, unconditional, complete love from somebody. It was like that. But if you can imagine multiplying that by a thousand, it was massive. It was just a massive sense of love. I felt as far I felt completely loved. I felt completely protected. I felt like this is where I always was. This is where I always should be. So to make the decision to leave that and come back to my life on earth was a very difficult decision for me to make. I had at the time several children. Uh, one of one of my children had been struck by a car when she was seven and she had very severe brain injury. So she was wheelchair bound and uh, very reliant on help. And I was pretty much the only relative she had that, that saw her and visited her. She was 28 years old at the time. She was unable to talk, but she was mentally quite active and alert. And I was the only family she saw, so I, I felt particularly obligated to her. And I also had, of course, an eight-year-old son, 12-year-old daughter, 15-year-old daughter, and I really did not want to go off and leave them. I didn't feel it was fair. I didn't feel I would be doing my job as a father to just say, okay, I'll take paradise. But everything inside me wanted to just take paradise because it was so good. It was so beautiful. It was so welcoming. I felt as if I could feel my extended family. It felt like I was at a family reunion. I could feel their presence. I couldn't necessarily see them, but I could feel their presence. This was my family. This was my tribe. This was my people. I, I felt like I was a moment. So I eventually turned to them and said, look, I, I just don't feel my job on earth is done. There are things in my life that I know I haven't finished. I've got my children. I've got this. And I started to get a bit angsty. And I started to get a bit worried about, wow, I've died and I've left my kids behind. And as this happened, I could see the angels looked very concerned. They became concerned and they started to, they actually started to come towards me and, and to calm me down. I could feel them calming me down. I could feel them talking to me and just saying, don't be afraid. We can't have that sort of fear in this place. There is no fear in this place. It's out of place. And they calmed my fears and they, they settled me down again. And I, eventually I, I calmed down and said, look, I really do think I, I am obliged. I think I need to go back to my life on earth and to continue my life as a father and to meet my obligations to my children. And the one who'd come to collect me said, yes, okay, we, we will do that. We will send you back. And at this stage, he did something which I still don't really understand, but it's, it's what happened. He, he turned to one of the angels and said, go and check that the vessel good and by this he meant my body and one of the angels flew off and i could see the angel descending and i could see way off in the distance i could see myself in the ambulance i could see my body on the gurney just just very small in the distance and eventually i saw the angel arriving there and moving around my body and inside the, the ambulance just just checking me out and seeing what was going on down there so while that was happening i just turned back and i said to this being, who are you? And he just said to me, I'm the one you call Lord. And it was then the realization struck me that I was with Jesus. This was actually 
Jesus. And I could see, you know, marks in his hands and I could see his physical characteristics and realised who I was with. And of course, I'd call out to Jesus. Of course, he did. He came to get me. And I was totally overwhelmed at this point. And that, that sensation of love within me just absolutely took off. I was buzzing, a light, electrifying, the love of being in his presence. And he just looked at me and he said, You've been through a lot. I think he was referring largely to my daughter and the car accident, the grief and things that had happened in my life. And he said, let me come into you. I just want to hear you. I just want to restore you and make you better again. So I said, please, please do. And at that point, he joined himself to me. It's as if I could feel him come into my soul. And I felt things started to shift around inside me. I could feel grief and pain just being taken away i could feel things being reordered and restructured inside me it was quite amazing it was quite intense really i could feel my whole being being reordered and while this was happening i had the most amazing experience because while he was within me and healing me and reorganizing me i was joined to him and i could very clearly feel his thoughts and his experience and it was breathtakingly wonderful what I was experiencing. It was as if he knew everything throughout time, everything throughout space. He was aware of the entirety of the multiverse. Absolutely everything was there. At that point, if I had wanted to see what was under a rock in Africa, I, I would have known it. If I wanted to see what was happening in, in Vietnam in somebody's village, I would have known it because he had this incredible awareness of all things simultaneously, which I still have trouble explaining, but that was what I experienced while I was there. He was joined to me. This was an incredibly powerful experience. I was totally changed my life and my understanding of who Jesus is, of, of how the universe works, uh, the flexibility of time and space, and, and how a being, one being, can understand all things. And that, that was beautiful. It was beautiful and it was strong. It was powerful and it was definitely life-changing. I've never really been the same person since then. So he healed my problems, my fears, my pain, my grief, and he withdrew again. And I was just left breathless, just going, wow, what happened to me? And I mean, just feeling totally different, totally renewed, rejuvenated, and, and full of life and amazement at what I've just experienced. And he then said, okay, we're going to send you back, but there are things I need to talk to you about. So he took me aside with some angels and started to show me things. He told me I was going to meet somebody. He told me things that were going to happen in my life. In fact, he showed me scenes from my future as if it was a video edit of my future life. And there were little snippets. He would show me pieces and say, this is going to happen, that's going to happen. Just little personal things that wouldn't necessarily mean too much to anybody else, but to me, they were important milestones in my life. And he um, gave me a few warnings about things that might be risky to me, and he gave me a good long talk about the decisions that I made. He said, the decisions you make will decide whether you come back and enter paradise. It is possible if you make the wrong decisions, if you turn away from me, that you will not come back to paradise. He said, your decisions are really what makes that happen. Yes. And he gave me quite a talk about this. And he said, your, your decisions, whether you go left or right, whether you do this or do that, or how you treat people, 
the decisions of how you implement love in your life. These are the things that matter at this level. It's really down to love. And this is what he was emphasizing very strongly with me, that there wasn't going to be a guarantee. If I got back to my life on earth and just totally thought, woohoo, let's party, let's forget about everything and just get drunk. I mean, it wasn't going to be a good outcome for me. And he made sure I was aware of that. So he said, you need to stay on the path. You need to stay dedicated to, to following your life and, and believing and knowing this. And he said to me also, your job when you get back is to spread the word about this, is to tell people about this. He said, there's a lot of darkness in the world that tries to hold us back the knowledge and awareness of this place and that you can help to make others aware that you can spread the word about this, which is why I'm talking to you right now about my experience. This is something that God really wants all people to be aware of and to know about. This is why so many thousands upon thousands of people who are having near-death experiences are coming back and, and telling the world about it at this point in time because God wants us to be aware that death is not the end, that death is not the finality that we've been led to believe. So after this experience had gone on for a while, and I saw the angel flying back and he came to the Lord and said, the vessel is good. And why the Lord needed to send him to find that out, I don't understand. All I can do is communicate to you what happened. Uh, and yes, the vessel is good. And so Jesus turned to me and said, okay, can return now. And uh, I just I just was really still small. I didn't really want to leave because it was so beautiful. It was so good to be there. And it's hard to leave it behind. And I, if there's one thing in my life I absolutely have as a goal, it's to get back there. Really, in, in many ways, looking forward to death, if I can get back there and be there with those angels and with the Lord, that's, that would be the ultimate, the absolute ultimate. I'm torn between coming back to look after my kids and to stay there. But eventually, yeah, I, I said, okay, it's time. And he said, let's, let's send you back. And at this point, I felt myself floating back down and once again felt as if I was floating in water and, and weightless. And then I saw a bit of a light. I just headed towards that light. Suddenly, with a bang, I was back in my body and I took a, a huge gasp of, of air. Like I'd just come up out of the water and I was back. But uh, it wasn't necessarily a pleasant turn. Hitting my body again was like hitting concrete. It was very, very clumsy and heavy and it felt evil, it felt dark. The comparison to how it felt there with the, with the angels was so totally different. That was light and beautiful and absolutely calm and peaceful, whereas the moment I felt myself come back into my body, I felt surrounded by evil and stress and angst and, and worry and, and all these things that, that just did not feel good after being there. I still had chest pain and, and being in my body felt, as I said, clumsy and heavy. After a while, I started to realize I'm not afraid anymore. I had been quite afraid while I was having a heart attack and being put into the, into the ambulance. And that fear had just left me. So, well, if I die, great. If I die, good. Death is not the thing I need to be afraid of. Death is just a step on the way to that magnificent existence. We we went on in the ambulance. Look, the, the ambulance operator, he was standing there, the unlucky guy with the defibrillator pads in his hands, and he was about to zap me. 
with the defibrillator. And I said, wow, I've been gone for ages. What's going on? What's been happening all this time? He then uh, just looked at me quizzically and said, what are you talking about? It's only been one minute since your heart stopped. And I was absolutely taken aback because I had experienced at least half an hour of time. I'd been there for a long period, having extended conversations and going through a lot of things that at least half an hour, I'd say, had taken had taken place. And back here to have him tell me only one minute had passed was staggering. I just had to stop and think, and I realised, wow, that was outside of, of Earth's time frame. That was entirely different passage of time than we experience here in earthly life, as if the two were, were separated. I was outside the Earth time zone, if I can put it that way, which in itself was very inspirational and amazing. And my whole mind was just going crazy with all of the thoughts of what had happened to me and what it meant and how significant it was. So the ambulance went on. We arrived at the hospital. Uh, to cut a long story short, yes, I was treated. They tested me, found, yes, I had had a heart attack. And then they uh, they operated on me and put a stent in my heart to uh, clear the blocked artery that had caused the problem. But there was more than that. It, it didn't stop at that point in time. It was as if the veil between heaven was still thin and I could hear angels talking to me quite clearly for some days after that. They actually said to me, we've healed three arteries, but there's one we will not heal, which I didn't quite understand. But, but later on, the, the head cardiologist came to me and he said, Mr. Perry, you're, you're a very lucky man. You're, you're one of those people who appears to have had a heart attack before and the arteries appear to have rerouted themselves around blockages. One of them is severely blocked and you've had to treat that, but it, it appears that your heart has actually adapted and, and diverted the blood flow through other arteries. And I thought, wow, this sounds like what these angels were talking to me about. They had actually restored the blood flow for me, but that one, one artery they left. Now, I still don't quite understand why that would be the case. I can only assume it was so that the hospital wouldn't have just simply said to me, ah, nothing wrong with you, off you go. I wouldn't have necessarily had a story to tell. I wouldn't have necessarily been taken seriously as somebody who'd had a, a heart attack. But it's medically on record. I certainly did have a heart attack and um, had a stent placed in my heart. So this, this was nearly the end of the story, but incredible things continued to happen to me. I, I read the Bible. I believe in it. I asked my friend to, to bring my Bible in so that I could read a bit, particularly after what had happened to me. And the most amazing things started to happen. I would just open the book and start reading. And immediately my eye would go to something that was talking about being resurrected or brought back to life. Or the grave could not hold me, like Psalm 16, Psalm 30, the story of Lazarus, the story of Jesus' resurrection. Time after time, I would just open up the Bible and I started testing it out and doing it just to see what was happening. And each time I did it, there was a, a resurrection story, a coming back from, from dead story. It was God was just reinforcing to me, yes, you know, this is, this is what's happened to you. This is real. And the more I did it, the more it kept on happening. And I, I was just amazed at this. It was definitely God was controlling the factor of which were opening up in front of me. And that is, I understand that, that is the measure of control that God has over the lives of humans. 
even in little physical things that happen, things our eyes might just see, things we might hear, can contain messages that are from God. Road signs, number plates, bumper stickers, signs in the window, you know, just at the exact right time can convey a message to you. And our human mind says that's coincidence, but I now understand that is not coincidence. God controls all circumstance, all time, where we are in time and place, what our eyes fall on, everything is under his control and his command, and he can communicate to us using these sorts of methods. Well, that sort of sums up my experience, which was very powerful, and as I said, very life-changing. There is a lot more. It goes a lot deeper. There's a lot more realizations that I've had, things I've learned since that time. And I've written a book. Uh, I've written a book called Dying to Be Alive, which gives you a lot more detail about what happened to me and the aftermath. Gives you a lot more backstory of what had happened in my life previously, which was quite significant also. And it, it basically unpacks the whole thing in a lot more detail and tells of the sorts of things that have happened to me since then, particularly in that my, my spiritual senses have been switched on. I can sometimes I will just see visions, sometimes of the future, sometimes of heavenly things. It, it's just something that every now and again, when I'm in the right headspace, it just opens up and I'm aware of this heavenly existence once more. And I realize we're not isolated from this. There is an overlap between heaven and earth, that sometimes heaven comes into earth, sometimes heaven feeds into our existence and affects us as we are. All we need to do is, as Jesus said, if you have eyes to see, then see. If you have ears to hear, then hear. Because this is powerful. This is something beyond us and above us and divine. And it's available to everybody who wants to actually seek it out. Everybody who wants to go looking and to discover just what actually is beyond this life. May God bless you and may you have a wonderful life and an even better afterlife.